Welcome to Fandom Chit Chat, a show where I get to vocalize anything and everything I find nerdy in the world of fandom. Today we're going to be sharing our thoughts on the Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee games. My guest co-host today is fellow Pokemon trainer Christian Hughes. Christian, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. A little under the weather, but I'm doing pretty good. Well, I'm glad you could still join us today, uh, despite being under the weather. really means a lot. Uh, for those yeah, of you man. who do not know, uh, me and Christian actually went to middle school together. Uh, even back then, when we were 12 and 13, we were huge Pokemon nerds. Um, and then just recently, I think last year or so, we reconnected on social media and Facebook and whatnot. Um, and that passion and nerdiness is still very much alive. So it's really cool that uh, we get to nerd out on this once more. Yeah, I'm super excited. So I want to take a moment to go over the uh, the history of these games because they have been out for a little over 20 years now. Yeah, a little over 20 years. So the first two games, Pokemon Red and Blue, came out in 1996. This is when there were only 150 Pokemon because I don't think Mew was in that game yet. I think it was a glitch. Um, Yellow was the first game where a Pokemon could follow you, and that Pokemon was Pikachu. Um, so Pikachu was with you, and you could go around and catch all the other starters in the wild, such as Charmander, Squirtle, Bulbasaur. And this was all the time where on the N64, the Pokemon Stadium game had this cartridge where you could put the game in there and play it on the TV. And that was probably the last time one of these Pokemon RPG games was actually on a TV. Everything else has just been available for Game Boy since then. Um, now, 2018, there are seven generations of Pokemon. There are 809 Pokemon before Alolan variations and Mega Evolutions, which is definitely a big jump from the original 150. Um, so we have a new game or new set of games that came out, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Uh, Christian has the Pikachu version while I got the Eevee. So Christian, compared to the original game that came out in 96 and 98, what do you think of it overall? Overall, I think it stayed very true to the game, um, especially having the Pokemon obviously follow you around. It even stayed true to the gym leaders. Um, when they, when you finally face off with them, they're in the same position they were in back in Pokemon Yellow, and I thought that was a really cool little, just like token uh, to go back. Obviously, the biggest difference is you can't fight the wild Pokemon, which I know there's a lot of speculation for, but I actually didn't have a problem with um, because there there's still plenty of other ways to level up your team um, and getting catch combos and you know having that chance of finding shiny Pokemon a lot better than the what one out of 8,000 um, typically <laughs> is. Um, I, I enjoyed the whole catching Pokemon and getting experience from that instead of battling them. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm very, very happy and satisfied with the game. Did you play Pokemon Go before you got this? Or were you iffy on that? Like I on the phone? did. Um, I, I played Pokemon Go up until I think the... Gen 3 starters were released, and then I kind of just stopped playing. Life just got a little busy, but if um, life wasn't busy, I'd probably still be playing it a little. Yeah, Pokemon Go was one of those things where it's like, if I was out and about with my friends, 
than it was fun to play because then you could just kind of like talk with it but i don't think it was too often where it was like hey i want to actively go out and play this didn't have a problem with it um my my biggest issue with it was how quickly the bag filled up like i didn't really care for the battles and the gym battles like i just wanted to go and catch it and then when you run out of pokeballs and have like three thousand potions it got very stressful yeah, I would probably agree with that. I, I always tried to just not have any potion because I hardly ever did gym battles or raids or anything. So I I just always wanted Pokeballs, but then I'd go through them so much because I'm not the best at throwing them. So I would have to get new ones all the time. So like you said, um, one of the biggest speculations or one of the biggest things that people were unsure about with this game was the whole catching aspect. Like, what are your... Let's kind of focus on that. What are your overall thoughts on the the catching mechanism as opposed to needing to battle every time? So I, one, was very okay with it because in the overworld, the Pokemon just kind of roam free, and I loved that. I loved being able to just walk down any route and just randomly see an, um, you know, Rattata, even though, you know, I don't want to catch them all the time. But it's just fun to just see them roaming, or a Pidgey, or a Pikachu, or a Bulbasaur, and I got super stoked when I finally got mine. And Viridian Forest, I just, I love the overworld thing, which I think makes up for the whole not being able to battle them. I would much rather just bump into the Pokemon I wanted and catch them instead of randomly seeing Rattatas and Pidgeys all the time just to run away when I didn't fight them anyways. So I don't know if that makes sense. But half the time I didn't even fight wild Pokemon. I just ran away because it was inconvenient and I wanted to keep on moving. So I kind of like this new catch-as-you-see-them-if-you-want-them kind of feature. Did you find Bulbasaur wild? I did. I um, did a catch combo with um, Pidgeys and uh, I think I just did 11 at the time, and then I used a lure, and then he popped up, I think, within 20 seconds. Oh, nice, because I, like, I got mine from that trainer, and it was like, hey, if you have, like, if you've caught 20 Pokemon, then she'll just be like, oh, hey, do you want to, like, take care of this Bulbasaur for me? And that happens for all the starters, and those have been the only times that I have found the starters. I haven't found them, like, in the wild anywhere, so that's interesting. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, I I kind of was mad when she just was like, here, have a Bulbasaur after 20, because the Bulbasaur obviously has amazing stats, and my Bulbasaur has okay stats, and I was so <laughs> sad. But you know what? My Bulbasaur's a Venusaur now, and she still kicks butt. So <laughs> awesome. But yeah, back to your point on um, being able to avoid the Pokemon, that is one of the things that I liked about it too, especially like when you were in the really hard caves, and then it was just Zubat after Zubat after Zubat. Um, I think it was like closer to Gen 3, Gen 4, where it started getting to the point where they even like didn't let you escape. Um, oh, yeah, like, I do oh, remember yeah. that. They would straight up say, you can't escape from battle. And then you would have to battle it and then take on like other trainers after that. And it got like really stressful. And I do like yeah. that even though you can avoid them, there are times where, like, all of them just kind of, like, they pop up as you're about to take a step over there, so you are still kind of forced to engage with it and forced to run away. It's not as often, but, like, it's happened to me from time right. to time. Definitely does get irritating. Um, 
but again, not to the same extent. And then I've also noticed where, like, sometimes a lot of Pokemon will just spawn at once, and they'll all, like, kind of, like, push you to the corner. Like, forcing you to kind of engage with one or the other. Yeah. Um, so it still definitely has that factor of, like, it could pop up at any second. Sometimes you might be forced to engage. Um, but it is a lot easier to um, to avoid and whatnot when you kind of like on a mission of some sort and one of my favorite things about um about this concept of being able to catch and whatnot is i don't think it really took away from battles because there's still a lot of trainers in this game there's a lot of trainers on the routes um just to give perspective like i'm on the part where team rocket has taken over silfco i got a little distracted with smash brothers so i haven't um really gotten too far past that but i wanted to go on every single floor and make sure i interacted with every trainer but it got to the point where like sometimes i got really tired of battling so it's like i'm gonna just go out and catch for a little bit so then go out to the roots go catch get some combos find some uh harder to find pokemon and then you get tired of that so then you go back to battling like i don't feel like i've really lost much of uh battle time because of this new feature how about you yeah, no, I don't think I lost any either. I, I'm i sure if I went back into Pokemon Yellow and, like, compared the trainer ratio, there there has to be just at least double the amount of trainers in Let's Go than there were in the original Pokemon Yellow, which definitely makes up with makes up for not being able to battle wild ones. I, I had no problem leveling up my Pokemon because of how many trainers there were, plus the master trainers. And now, after the Elite Four, you have the, um, the like, I don't know, the, the Pokemon-specific Master Trainers, um, which is super fun, too. So how far into the Master Trainers have you gotten? I am currently only trying to fight the Master Trainers of my six on my team. Um, okay. Because every Master Trainer, like, minimum is at level 65. And you have to have, you have to fight their one Pokemon with the same. So the master trainer of coughing, I have to fight him with a coughing. Because if I don't have a coughing at level 65, there's no way I'm going to fight him. But Yeah, I'll get that for you one of these days. Yeah. (laughs) So so like for the Arcanine master trainer, like I'm totally okay fighting him because Arcanine's on my team and I love my Arcanine. I obviously want to be the better Arcanine trainer, so I love I love just fighting somebody that says, hey, I'm the master of Arcanine, and then beating them, and then it's like, <laughs> yep, no, you're not. I'm the master of Arcanine, so go away. <laughs> I I love that. I saw there was one point, I think it was in the um, the Celadon store, where it was like, hey, come back to me when you've gotten a title. You'll know what that means. Is that what it's referring to? I believe so, yes, because now that I've beaten the Arcanine, um, master trainer if you go to the pokemon center or a pokemart they don't refer to you as hello trainer what would you like to buy hello trainer do you need to heal your pokemon they say hello master trainer what would you like to what would you like to do today um Ooh. and then every once in a while because i've only beaten the arcanine one but every once in a while they'll say something like hey master trainer heard you uh beat the arcanine trainer congratulations also what would you like to buy today or do you want to heal your pokemon today and so they, they kind of address you, I guess, where it travels far in Kanto, but they know, like, you're the trainer of Arcanines now, which is super cool. 
That is very prestigious. I know. It's funny. <laughs> oh, man, oh, I can't I wait to get it. to that point now. <laughs> I just want to rush to the game just to, like, get a title. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I'm, I'm not rushing to, like, get my Venusaur or Scyther title. I just kind of like having the Arcanine title right now, so it's just fun. Are you looking forward to a Metapod battle? No. Or oh just my constant gosh, no. Hardens? I do not have a Harden battle. <laughs> it is going to drive me insane. Because if you have a Caterpie first, then you can at least use Tackle, right? That is true, yeah. But the thing is, is I'd have to level up my Metapod so hardcore because the Master Trainer <laughs> straight up has a Metapod at level 65. That's and insane. I am not playing that Harden Tackle game. So, at least not yet. I, I, I'd want to have like a level 90 Metapod so I don't have to play the it's defense is so high thing. It takes forever. This game doesn't have um, Everstones because there's nothing you can hold, right? Correct. Oh, so you have to be very conscious on making sure that your uh, your Pokemon don't evolve. Yes, tell me about it. Every time my Dragonair levels up, I get so scared because I'm not about to have my shiny Dragonair become a green Dragonite. So you had a pretty fun experience with uh, catching that that Dragon uh, the Dragonair. Do you wanna you wanna share that story real quick? I totally can. It was. In the time, it was very, like, depressing, but it is it was so worth it. Over, like, now I do work two jobs, so it's not like I've played this, these games for hours out upon hours, but um, over the course of four days, I just was on that route, on that little river by the power plant, just um, catch comboing Dratinis as best as I could. Dratini... Even when you throw an Ultra Ball, it still has a yellow ring around it. And then when you get a Raspberry, it's still yellow, which doesn't guarantee it a catch like a green ring does, which always was super stressful. But I was able to catch at least 100 Dratinis, send them to Professor Oak. And then after you catch 100 of the same Pokemon, the whatever ring it is, it goes down a color. So I thankfully was able to send 100 Dratinis to Professor Oak, got down to a green ring when I catch Dratinis, which helped tremendously get catch combos because I didn't get a catch combo of 100 when I caught Dratini. I probably got catch combos up to like the 20s and I did that about five times and then sent them all over. Um, but after I got the green ring, I was able to get my 31 Dratinis and bring my uh, shiny chances down to, I think, one in uh, 355, something like that. Good Lord. And then, yeah. It's, it's still a lot, but it's way better than the 8,000, one out of 8,000 that it is currently. Um, so I brought it down to there, and then just over the course of a few days, I would get on. I would just wait on that route, keep using lures, waiting and praying for it to finally show up, and it did, and it was the best day of my life. I screenshotted. I screenshotted on my Switch so many times. Because I was like, this isn't real, this isn't real, and it was, and I have it. She's a beautiful pink Dragonair now with these orange jewels, and it's it's amazing. And she, her stats are fantastic. I just, everything's great about her. Once I saw that, I was really curious um, why you weren't going for a Dragonite. And then I went and looked it up, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's why. He's just funky green. Yeah, it, he's just funky green with, like, purple wings, which in itself isn't bad, and obviously Dragonite has a way better move pool, high defenses. 
you can you can fly on him in the overworld, which is which is like a huge plus because I love riding on Arcanine, but it'd be sick if I could fly on Dragonair, and I obviously can't. Um, so it's definitely been hard not evolving Dragonair for that reason, but he's just not visually as appealing as Shiny Dragonair is. So I just I don't have the heart in me to evolve her yet. And you can always have just a regular Dragonite for all that stuff too. Exactly. Yeah. So I do, and I do have another because I had a bajillion Dratinis. So I went ahead and leveled one of them up, and it's a Dragonair now. So I could totally just get a normal Dragonite because the orange Dragonite to me looks better than the green one. That's definitely one of those Pokemon. Um, I was reading an article a couple weeks back of Pokemon that looked cooler in their second phase than they did in their final evolution. Oh, yeah, was Dragonair on that list? Yeah, Dragonair was just, like, so majestic and sleek-looking, and then you just kind of have, like, this yeah. this uh, this tubby dragon with, like, tiny sh- arms. I know. Yeah, I I have a friend. His name is Xander. I work with him at my second job. He is obsessed with Dragonite, and I'm like, Dragonair clearly is better. Him and I have yet to have a battle, because he also has Let's Go Eevee, but I want to battle him so much so I can hopefully beat him with Dragonair. If not, <laughs> then obviously I have to eat my words, but I hope I win. <laughs> so I feel like we brought up um, leveling enough to ask this question. How do you feel about experience share just being a standard throughout the games now? Um, I mean, I am a little, like, a, just a little upset about it. I, I like, I, I know, what was it, I think Gen 6 when they started to make experience share affect all the Pokemon, I think. Maybe it was Gen 5, I don't really remember. But, um, I liked the function where you could turn it off and turn it on. So, like, you could have the option to have just your first party Pokemon get all the experience and not the rest. Whereas in this, it automatically gets everybody. So, I I didn't like it in the sense that it did overpower a few of my Pokemon. And, like, I don't know. In a way, I didn't earn that. I don't know. It's like, I don't I don't like having strong Pokemon that I didn't go out and raise. I, I, I like to actually enjoy the game and enjoy leveling them up and watching them, you know, fight and get better in that relationship or whatever. Even though it's a video game, I know it sounds silly. But I I do enjoy that. So the fact that they just kind of all get strong was upsetting, but I kind of just worked around it by making sure there was always, like, three Pokemon in my party that needed to at least evolve so I could finish my Pokedex, where only maybe three of my main core team you know, we're getting the experience they needed. Yeah, because of the uh, the Pokeball Plus, I feel like I've been kind of only keeping the ones that I, like, genuinely want to battle with in my party. And I'll get to more of the, uh, the Pokeball later, but the main thing that I use it for is, like, the Pokemon that I want to evolve for the purpose of the Pokedex, like, I keep in the ball and just take it to work with me because I'm always on my feet, so the pedometer is, like, always kicking. I think I had a Psyduck in there for three or four days, and it shot up like 15 levels by the time I got it back. Oh my gosh. It still didn't evolve. I've never done that yet. Yeah, it still didn't evolve, which kind of annoyed me, because I need to see what level you actually need a Golduck to evolve to. Um, But I I wasn't totally against the experience share. Like, I get the point of where kind of like it takes down the difficulty of the game, uh, because you constantly power up everything that never even comes out of its Pokeball. 
Right. Um, especially with all the different perks that Eevee and Pikachu get. Um, different things. And I, f- I found this very cheesy. I'm curious on your opinion about it. But there's a lot of things where it's like, oh, uh, Eevee got hit so hard he's about to cry. You shouted words of encouragement to Eevee so he didn't faint. And, like, he takes, like, this critical hit and goes all the way down. Like, you see the health bar, like, shoot all the way down, but it goes to, like, 1 HP. And then it's just like, oh, because you shouted words of encouragement, like, he didn't faint. I'm just like, no, like, if Eevee got his butt kicked, he got his butt kicked. Like, that's, like, I I don't want that that hand-me-out. Because I think I was going against an ace trainer, and I was trying not to hit the Pokemon Center while I was going down this route. So the ace okay. trainer was the last person on this route. Eevee was my last Pokemon. I was against their last Pokemon. And if it wasn't for that feature, like, I would have blacked out. That would have been it for that battle. I would have actually lost. But then that actually yeah. kicked in, where it's like, oh, because we don't want people to lose in this game... Um you survived and then my hit was like just enough to knock it out so it was a really stressful like moment just being in that part of the game because i was actually about to lose at a pokemon game and i kind of feel like that that took away the stress that this game is capable of i want to say it was the fourth generation diamond and pearl where some of the roots, especially towards the end of the game, actually got really hard because of that arena trap. Or like, hey, you can't run away. You have to battle. And then it was just ace trainer after ace trainer with no Pokemon Center nearby. And the maps were super complicated. So I kind of wish that it had that perspective a little more. I, I do enjoy the battles. I do enjoy the catching. But what are your thoughts on like how difficult the game actually is? Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, that definitely is a handicap I came across too, where, except in my, in my, um, case, I, I have my Kadabra, he was fighting, I'm pretty sure a muck, got poisoned, but then it said something along the lines of Kadabra loved you so much, the, po- like, he, he got rid of the poison. Yeah, and yeah, I've mind, gotten that. Yeah, and in my mind, I was like, how do you love someone so much you're not dying of poison? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So, like, that did upset me in a way. And like you said, obviously, like, because of that, I was able to win fairly easily. And it's like, no, I want to be a Pokemon master, which means I want to, I want to, I need to struggle. I need to know what it's like to lose so I know where I can get better. I don't need my Pokemon to just, like, cry or love me every time things get rough so that I win. On top of the experience here, it's like, I need some sort of challenge here. So, I definitely agree with that i by no means don't want to say the game wasn't challenging i mean it definitely had a challenging moment but also i think you had to make it challenging i don't think like if you just picked up let's go pikachu let's go from the store obviously you're gonna have lots of fun but it is not going to be challenging uh, right from the get-go i mean before every gym you possibly fight you conveniently have access to a tm that beats that gym leader. So, you, so like, we had, hmm. we had access to Brick Break, which typically, in every other game, you don't get Brick Break until, like, after the eighth gym. But we had Brick Break super early on so we could beat Brock. You had Thunderbolt early on so you could beat Misty. And, you know, all the way on, you know, it's like they obviously wanted you to win and they did everything they possibly could to make you win. But, you know, if you face Erica with 
only um, with only water types or only rock types, obviously it's going to be very challenging. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, instead of sitting there complaining, like, this is too easy, this is a dumb game, blah, 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 I instead just made it hard and made it challenging, which made it a lot more fun and enjoyable. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I know there's obviously people that don't want to, like, have to put in effort to make something challenging. A game should just be challenging or whatever their opinions are. I'm just saying my opinion was I enjoyed making the game what it was. And if that was even a subtle goal they had, they succeeded because I definitely was able to make it challenging. So going on your point, uh, this actually reminded me when you said about the, the poison being cured. That's another crutch um, that was very stressful in the old games that they got rid of. And that's when, you know, remember when your your Pokemon was poisoned? And even after the battle, like, every step that you take, you would lose 1 HP? Oh, yeah, I do remember they that. They got rid of that. Yeah, your Pokemon is perfectly it, fine it, while it walking it around. It you feel like more of a trainer, too, because you were like, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay, we're going to be there soon, it's okay, hold on. Yeah, and especially, like, if it was your last Pokemon, or if oh it was, God, like, yeah. your own... Like, if you're going through Rock Cave and only have, like, one water type, and the rest are electric, and your one water type gets, um, gets poisoned, then you have the stress of, like, needing to get out of there, and still have to deal with Pokemon assaulting you, and have to deal with other trainers, like... That, that was one thing I didn't feel like they needed to get rid of. I enjoyed the stress yeah. of... As, I mean, we can as bad as this sounds, um, I enjoyed the stress of my Pokemon being poisoned. <laughs> I mean, that definitely sounds a little bad, but I kind of understand it because, I mean, obviously it's a game, but as as somebody that is playing the game, it makes Pokemon feel just a little more real when, you know, they get poisoned and you have to get them healed as soon as possible because they're actually, like, slowly passing out and it's like, I have to be a good trainer and take care of you. Like, I have to get you help instead of you just saying, I don't want to be poisoned because I love you. Like, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, especially with how invested uh, the two of us and definitely a lot of other fans are um, where they constantly, like, think about these things and wonder about them and put put a lot more investment into um, what's going on. Yeah. So I'm actually only on the the third gym now that I think about it. So I don't even know what... Because I remember reading before the game came out that the game was going to be like a lot more difficult after after the third gym. So I'm wondering if that's if that's the case. But you've actually been... I mean, I can, I can say it definitely gets a little more challenging just because obviously you're going, you're going through Rock Cave, but you're also coming upon Lavender Town mm-hmm. where you can't technically beat ghost pokemon really unless you have a pokemon that knows bite because i mean well and i guess alakazam technically can because isn't gasly technically ghost slash poison yes okay well then yeah i guess if you have a psychic type you can win against it but there's so many hex maniacs in in the pokemon tower it's ridiculous and they are very they were very strong I didn't even beat them all when I went through it the first time. I had to come back and beat them some more later. Yeah, I think I had to go in and out a couple of times. And then on, like, 
one of the the topmost floors, there was a healing circle. Oh, yeah, there was. I forgot about that. And that was, like, after I went to the Pokemon Center, and then I went upstairs and saw that there. So I was, like, very annoyed at myself. It's like, I just got back. There was a lot of stairs to get through. And because, once again, those ghosts were harassing you. Like, they're trying to push you to the corner and make you interact with them so they kick you to the bottom floor. Like, get out, type of thing. Yeah, I remember that. And I looked it up, so just to confirm, yes, uh, Ghastly is Ghost and Poison. And I think I was oh. using um, my Kadabra or my Alakazam, I can't remember which one it was at the time, throughout the whole thing. I know my Blastoise knew Bite, and Eevee knew one of those silly named Dark Moves. I think it's called Batty Bad. Oh. Oh, okay. That's another childish thing that kind of like bother me with the game like i know they're trying to keep this game like really open so that you can have um old fans and new people get into it but where did they come up with those names those eevee exclusive and pikachu exclusive names yeah that's a fair point i i'm not gonna lie i am uh, some people can say i'm a bad pokemon trainer but even though i have let's go pikachu i don't think i really ever used pikachu because when I think I got to Celadon City and the guy that teaches you how to fly with the balloons, Pikachu all of a sudden could learn this move called like Pika Drop, where Pikachu, I guess, can just get inside of this little mechanism that lets you fly with balloons and he falls on you. So by gravity, an electric mouse is falling on you, but for some reason it was a considered a flying type move that dealed 80, 80 damage out of 10. And I was like, um, if a little mouse falls on me, I don't think it's going to hurt that bad. And I don't think it should be a flying type move. So I just was like, nope, this is dumb. I can't do this. I'm looking at the names of these moves right now. So Pikachu's exclusive moves are Zippy Zap, Splishy Splash, Floaty Tail, and Pika Papal. Floaty Tail, that was the one. Well, and, and... Blishy Splash. Let me tell you about this one. <laughs> Pikachu not only can surf on water, but he somehow summons water out of nowhere to then surf on it. And it is a water type move that deals 90 damage. And I'm like, okay, got it. It makes sense when a water type Pokemon uses surf because they can produce water. But Pikachu cannot produce water, let alone enough surf on it and then destroy his opponent. I was not about it. <laughs> that is the most mutant Pikachu I've ever seen. Yeah, it, it's funny. Now, I do like Alolan Raichu. Alolan Raichu is super fun and cute and technically, like, surfs on its tail. But, like, Pikachu should not be surfing on water and then, like, have this epic water move. I like, thought Alolan Raichu point. was, like, really weird looking at first. Like, his face made me really uncomfortable. But I liked the concept of him. Um, yeah. like how he was electric and psychic. And I guess that kind of justified the whole tail thing. Cause once I first saw it, I was like, what the heck were they thinking? Putting a Raichu, like riding his tail, like what is wrong with them? And like, now it's a Pokemon that follows me. Like, I just think it's adorable. Just kind of like following me around, riding its tail while I'm going through all these big cities. And I love, uh, training with him because he knows a couple normal moves, a couple electric moves, a psychic move. And it just... It's just a really handy, um, really handy Pokemon. Yeah, no, I, 
I don't know if we're getting into this later or now, but I mean, you and me... We might as well get into it now. (laughs) um, And your Alolan Raichu kicked my butt. (laughs) He really did. And I was not expecting his psychic to be so powerful. I was like, he's technically electric. Nope, that psychic still got me down into like the red where my poor, my poor little spice, I think it was spice there. I don't remember who you beat, but you took down my Pokemon in two hits with that psychic move. And I was like, my gosh, I need an Alolan Raichu. I want to say I knocked out two and then put a lot of damage to one with that Raichu. And just to clarify for the listeners, this was the, the, the mode online where everybody goes to level 50 so if we were going on the levels that we were actually have, which he had beaten the game at this point, and I was still on three gyms, um, I would have been demolished right off the bat. Uh, so that's why we went with this mode, just to kind of keep it a fair fight. Uh, but yeah, that that Raichu definitely had a definitely had quite the punch to him, and I was very surprised. It just we just happened to I randomly messaged him one night, and I was like, hey, I see you're on Pokemon, you know, you want to battle. And we just kind of used whatever was in our arsenal. We didn't plan or anything and just kind of went with it. And I was I was very surprised with the results of that Alolan Pokemon. Yeah, he was he was definitely very strong. Gave me a run for my money. Um, the uh, I also realized like how important stats were when we fought because I think when we did the uh, the mode where it sets all your Pokemon to fifty, like I. I thought I think I was giving some of my Pokemon candy, like the smart candy, courage candy, and but if I gave my Pokemon much more candy, I I feel like I would have had a better chance in our fight, where because a lot of my Pokemon, uh, you know how you can do that thing where you go to your Pokemon and then you judge them and it tells you if their stats are okay, great, amazing, or something else. I know it's a thing, but I haven't looked into it too much. Okay. Well, I, if, yeah, if you, if you press your Pokemon and then go into the summary and just press Y, it tells you if their stats are good, if they're okay, great, or amazing. All of my Pokemon have okay stats, except my Dragonair. And I was like, you know what? I probably should have put more <laughs> training and stuff into the candies. Um, and then maybe I would have had a better chance of you running for your life in that Pokemon <laughs> battle. But... And I think that's one of the things of that battle mode is that um, it goes with their base stats. Like, I don't think the candies are are a factor in that battle mode. Oh, well then, yeah. I was at a humongous disadvantage. My okay stats were not as good as your amazing stats. So since we're on the topic of um, Alolan forms, what do you think of that concept overall, having the original 150 or 151, because Mew's in this one, um, because they didn't have anything outside of it. It was just 151 so that they keep it simple. There's no breeding. There's no holding items, nothing of that sort. But they did set it up to where the Alolan Pokemon were available in this. What are your thoughts on the concept of Alolan Pokemon and how it works in this game? Um, I mean, how it works in the game, I like because it's always from a trainer that's like, hey, I'm not from around here. I was hoping to get, you know, a Geodude from this region. I have a Geodude from my region. Do you want to trade? And then it's like just super casual. They're all like foreigners and it's fine and it's fun. Um, so I think how they implemented it was fine. 
Um, obviously, it's the original 151, and you know, there's going to be a lot of speculation. Like, there's nothing wrong with the original 151. Why'd you have to go and change them? They're perfect just the way they are. Nothing needed to be changed or done about it. Um, even though I, I am a humongous fan of Alola Ninetales. I just, I love her so much. It looks gorgeous. Yeah, she's just beautiful and elegant as a normal Ninetales is, except she's ice and fairy, which is just such a useful type combination. And I, I do like, I do like a few of them. Like, I love how Alolan Marowak is finally a ghost type because Marowak, I just feel like, should have always been a ghost type, even if it's ghost ground. I mean, if it's if Cubone, you know, lost his mom, it makes sense to have a ghost evolution, at least in my mind. But then there's there's just there's more dumb ones than good ones, in my opinion. <laughs> I yeah, I'm I, looking at I these like, pictures as you're saying yeah. that, and this Diglett and Doctorio is just driving me nuts. Oh my gosh, I can't believe their hair from the Beach Boys is supposed to be whiskers. <laughs> and I was like, um, those are not whiskers. It is a horrible toupee. Oh, have and you seen their trio? needs to get fired. Have you seen their trio? Yes, it's awful. Oh man, looking at it just cracks me up. Did Did you play Sun and Moon? I did play Sun and Moon, yes. That was when the Alolans were introduced, correct? Correct. Alright, so I never played either of those. And I okay. did want to get into it. I think the only reason I bought my DS um, was because I found it on Craigslist for 80 bucks, And it was when um, the... Oh man, what were they called? Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire? Was that the order? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I got it because those came out. Because my, like, my favor priority for Pokemon was the first generation through the third um so everything in those like i loved i had bought diamond and pearl just because i wanted the new pokemon game but then everything black and white and sun and moon just kind of like that was to the point where it's like okay this has gotten this is a lot like this is a lot to process is a lot to keep up with uh so when i heard that sun and moon came out and that they were bringing in a lot of the original 150 i was like okay cool and then i heard about these alolan forms and i was like Back to what you said before on, like, why would you change it? Like, they were good. And then I thought back on it a little more, and I think it was starting third generation where a lot of the Pokemon, and I mean a lot of the Pokemon, had uh, multiple types, including the starters. Like, once they got to their second or third evolution, like Torchic, once it got to a Blaziken, like, you knew it was going to be uh, a fighting type along with the fire. Uh, so it made sense that it, this this was a very subtle way of putting that multiple form without changing the original Pokemon too much and then just keeping it as like a different region. Because if they had just said like, oh, Ninetales isn't Ninetales anymore, it's going to be like, it's just magically like these two types now. Because with these with these original 150, it's like, it made sense for it to be the one type because there wasn't like too many things to go around. So you just battle to what your advantage is. But now Pokemon is to the point where unless you have something third generation or above, you probably wouldn't win because you have to stick with one attribute. So after kind of looking into that a lot more, like I like it a lot more. Like you said, uh, Raichu is a total badass. I love him being electric and psychic. 
It helps um, planning the party a lot better too, because you can have a variety of types within your party and still be sticking to six Pokemon. So I can have electric and a psychic, and then my Charizard can be a flying and a fire, and then with an evolution, it can be a dragon. Um, so yeah, I no, absolutely. The dual typing helps so much on making a very well-balanced team instead of having to have just a single water, a single fire, and maybe not having Pokemon with exceptional move pools. But if they're already dual typed in a very convenient dual type, yeah, it helps tremendously. And some of them actually look a lot better than the others, like... Um, I'm trying to look through them right now. Like, Geodude and his evolutions don't look too bad. I don't get why Golem has a mustache. Um, Muck is very yeah. trippy looking, because he's, like, four different colors and has these creepy rocks. But Muck is always meant to be creepy anyway, so I guess it works. Um, I've already made my yeah, case under I... Trio. He looks ridiculous. Raticate always is... cracks me up. He looks like he's eating a buffet for the first time. Like his um, cheeks you could talk are just about stuffed. a little Persian. It looks like he got stung by a bee drill too many times. Yeah, Meowth is just way too, way too sassy for my taste too. Like yeah. he's he's a little too fat. And in this game, Meowth actually walks <laughs> on four legs, except for the Team Rocket Meowth. So it doesn't make sense to me why this Meowth stands just because it's a Dark type. Yeah, I didn't get that either. Have you read the description for this? I'm just not looking at it. Uh, for Meowth? Yeah. No. So it says, Meowth were originally gifted to the royal family in Alola. Because they were pampered and spoiled, they developed a selfish and prideful attitude, changing them from normal type into a dark type. After the monarchy was destroyed, the once rare Alolan Meowth were set loose and became common within the region. So if I get spoiled and pampered, my color is going to change? Got it. Apparently so. And you'll Got be it. far yeah. more sassy. That, well, I mean, that can kind of make sense. But <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this executor is pretty funny looking, too. He just has a super long giraffe neck. See, I wasn't necessarily opposed to executors like a lowland form because he is supposed to be like a palm tree and i like that yeah but i don't i don't appreciate his typing like why did you turn a palm tree into a dragon but their dragon types have always been the weirdest thing like the things that look like dragons aren't ever dragons I think that's a problem that Pokemon have just kind of had. Like, how is Charizard not a dragon? Like, you had to make up Mega Evolution just to make him a dragon. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to look these up just to kind of get, like, a better example of these. Like, what's, um... Ah, I'm drawing a blank right now. I remember the base form was, like, Swablu. It was, like... Oh, yeah, the cloud bird. Yeah, he looked like he had, like, cotton ball as wings. Yep, it does. Oh, man, what was his evolution called? Um, Alteria. Alteria, yeah. So stuff like that. Like, how do you justify that being a dragon? And Charizard not being one. I'm trying to find Yeah, I never really understood their logic. I know there's, I think, a Gen 6 Pokemon. It's like, 
it's supposed to be based off of a slug. It's like Gumi or Slugoo or something. And it's literally a slug that evolved. But the entire time it's a dragon. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, that's a little odd. I don't yeah. see that one on the list. Gen, Gen 6 is like the one I never talk about. I I was not happy with that one. Was that black and white? No, that was X and Y. I think I played Y. Oh, is it this is it this Zygarde think. dude? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do remember fine. Wasn't he wasn't he rare or like legendary or something too? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, it was definitely a goofy looking dude. Um, Gibble and Garchomp. They look like reptiles. They don't look like dragons. Like, stereotypical dragons, I guess. Latios and Latias are dragons. Yeah, they just look like airplanes. Yeah, I don't like their Mega Evolutions. Me either. I just... Some of them don't need Megas. They're just fine the way they are. I don't get why Charizard has two Mega Evolutions. Like, I love the black Charizard with the blue flame. The only thing is, like, the flame on the side of his mouth is, like, part of his look. I wasn't digging that. Um, but aside from that, like, Mega Charizard is awesome. I'm just mad Venusaur and Blastoise didn't get two Megas. Like, I can't believe Charizard is so loved that he had to get two. That's unnecessary. I don't think it's just out of love. I think, like, a lot of people in that board meeting were just, like, arguing. And just to shut them up, they were like, you know what? We're just going to give them two. I mean, yeah, that probably happened. Because it's still, like, the Y evolution is still flying in fire. While the X goes to fire and dragon. Yeah. And that is the only time you see Charizard as a dragon type, which makes no sense. My, my, I, so this is totally random-ish. But, like, how does Mewtwo not only have two Mega Evolutions with these Mega Stones that supposedly came from a meteorite, if Gen 6 explained it correctly, but Mew, the Pokemon Mewtwo was was made from, does not. So how did the universe know Mewtwo was going to be made and then somehow these rocks would turn it into two different things? That's never made sense to me. Oh, that's quite the quite the plot hole that's just i'm probably the only person that thinks that but i just i never understood that hmm yeah yeah i got nothing for that <laughs> <laughs> sorry I, that was, I guess mostly me venting or ranting you don't have to like solve all my pokemon problems huh. that's an interesting point maybe we'll get some comments later somebody who can get a better answer for that yeah, I mean, I'd be super, I'd be super happy to get some answers, cause that has always stressed me out. So there are only twelve Pokemon that are pure dragons. So, wait, drag? You know, I don't know them all. It's Dratini, Dragonair, Bagon, and Shellgon. And I've never even heard of the rest of these. Axu, Fracture, Haxorus, Drudagon, Drudagon, Gumi, yeah. Sligu, Gudra, and Jangmo-O. 
<laughs> yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Where did these come from? <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. This is why I couldn't go past three. This is so ridiculous. I know. I. It, it just. It's crazy. Bagon, Shelgon, and Salamence are cool. Yeah, no, I have nothing wrong with Gen three. Gen three, yeah. I love. Gen three. After awesome. that, it just got weird. Gen four had its moments. True. Gen four did have its moments. I'm a big fan of Gallade. I'm super glad um, Ralph and Curly got a male evolution because whenever I played my Ruby and Sapphire and got a male Gardevoir, I was so confused. <laughs> so like, could you I'm give like give him like a tuxedo or something? Does it have a different evolution, or does it have a Mega Evolution now? Nope, yep. Gallade and Gardevoir both have a Mega Evolution. Okay, so it was two different forms. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. Alright, so I think we unintentionally covered a lot of these topics. Uh, we took care of Alolan, we took care of um, Shiny Pokemon. Um... I don't know, yeah. I think there's too much to say about this, but how do you like the whole partner Pokemon and writing Pokemon concept? I'm in love with the writing Pokemon concept. I'm, I, again, I have my shiny Dragonair, but I do have another Dragonair I'm raising to be a Dragonite because out of the three I'm going to fly on, it will either be Aerodactyl or Dragonite. I refuse to fly on a Charizard because everybody else is going to do it, and he's overrated. Guilty. So... I know. <laughs> um, I do kind of wish you could surf on more Pokemon, but I'm super okay with Lapras and Gyarados like being the two. That's it? And then, yeah, that's actually the only two you can ride on. Not even Blastoise? So, no. That's, see, that's what was weird. It, it totally would make sense to surf on Blastoise because he's humongous. But you can't surf on him, and he's literally a sea turtle. But it's whatever. Do you remember um, the... In the first Pokemon movie, when they actually rode a Squirtle. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, they rode Squirtle, Staryu, and Starmie. And then I think Pidgeotto was, like, holding Pikachu. But you can't ride a Blastoise in the game. Did you know that in Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, you can ride on Starmie, but only on land? What? Dude, I'm telling you, you gotta try it. It's the most interesting thing in the world. I didn't believe it until I tried it because my friend said the same thing. But yeah, if you have a Starmie, go ahead and put it in your party and star it. And I swear to you, you can ride on the back of Starmie, but you cannot do it unless you're on land, which is the most bizarre thing in the world. That's so weird. And Starmie is a water and psychic Pokemon. I know, it's so weird. But, I mean, like, I'm not opposed to Starmie, but I think they were trying to go for the whole Starmie psychic, so so you can just ride on Starmie on land because technically it can float. So I guess they're not entirely wrong, but, like... But it would have been cool to have both, if anything. On land, why can't I ride one in the water? Yeah, that's that's odd. Yeah, and there's That's another big quirk with um with riding Pokemon that I didn't quite understand. So when you are riding on Charizard, because I'm just stereotypical like that. Uh, so I'm riding on Star on Charizard. I think I did it for the first time in Celadon City. So you know you're still on ground level, flying around, whatever. 
And then as soon as I went out to one of the routes, like, he went way up in the air. Like, you could fly over everything. Which I thought was the coolest thing. Like, it looked really awesome, and it's nice, like, if you just kind of want to skip through, because I don't have a bike yet, I don't have a fly yet, like, any of that stuff. So it was cool being able to fly yeah. over and just kind of, like, oversee everything. But you can't land. You can't, like, even oh if God. you try yeah. to, like, go back through the passageway to get back into the city, like, you have to switch Pokemon to do that, which I, I don't get. Like, he automatically goes up. Why is there no button or feature to get him back down? Yeah, I I would agree with that. I, I do have an Aerodactyl, and I like flying on him sometimes. And I can, I can fly wherever I want, but then, yeah, I have to, like, un equip him i don't know what the word would be but like i think it's I just put him back in the pokeball him. yeah and then it's just it is it is bizarre that there's no like set way to turn it off yeah i can't really think of anything else that was just like weird about it um, so going back to the pros of it, now that we're talking about, um, like kind of the size and the perspective of these things, one of my favorite things that I caught onto in the first gym battle was just how great the scale of these Pokemon were. And it has me thinking about how short they actually are compared to a six foot person. I don't know if you saw the video that I posted. I think it was a couple of weeks ago now. But it was going through, like, every single Pokemon and how tall they are compared to a human being. And, like, okay. even Blastoise is, like, shorter than a six-foot man. Interesting. Yeah, so, but the way that this game handles, like, scale and perspective is awesome. Because I was going against Brock. His Onyx came out. It was against my Bellsprout. And, like... The, in, in terms of, like, the visuals of the game, like, looking at it, it was amazing how big Onyx looked against that little guy. Yeah, I definitely appreciate their size, for sure. I I mean, back in Pokemon Stadium, they the size comparison was always so perfect. And then in Gen... I don't know which one it was. I guess it was X and Y when they started making them all 3D again on the handheld. But when they made Wailord, Gen Four, he's a Gen Three gigantic whale. I know you know him. Oh yes, he's humongous. And when he was smaller than my trainer, I was so sad. I was like, <laughs> no, 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 he's supposed to be humongous. And so now that Onyx is genuinely humongous, I'm really hopeful now because I'm hoping, you know, at least Gen Eight, if there is a humongous Pokemon, I I have good faith that it's going to actually be big. And hopefully, if Wailord makes an appearance. He's going to be this gigantic whale like he's meant to be. Yeah, and just to give some perspective, uh, Whale Lord is 47 feet and 877 pounds. Wow. And he's somehow smaller than a six-foot man. Yeah, no. I, yeah, I did not. <laughs> I didn't respect that. I was so sad. And it was really cool just picking through random Pokemon and just kind of seeing like how they are in relation to a person. So being able to ride in the back of an Arcanine to be able to ride on a Charizard, but Charizard still doesn't look like super big. Um, having a Blastoise follow you was kind of cool because you were just like right about the same height. I'm still getting over the fact that Venusaur hops, not walks on four legs. That's I wasn't <laughs> anticipating him being a frog yeah, they, like that. They made him very frog-like. Just yeah, that definitely blew everyone's minds. Twenty years later. 
Um, riding on the head of an onyx was really cool. Kangaskhan is adorable because you sit on his shoulder while Eevee or Pikachu sits on the pouch with the baby. Oh my gosh, yes. It is so cute. I was not expecting that, and it's so awesome. Uh, can you ride a Ninetales? Have you tried that? I have not. Have you? I haven't tried it yet, but I'm curious. I don't think you can ride it. No? Do you think it's too small? Probably. I mean, his back does look kind of flimsy. Like, all the weight is in his tails more than anything. Oh. I mean, I guess, yeah. I think of nine tails, and I immediately think of the tails. But I guess if you take away its tails, it it probably is just like a... Just a fox. Like a pup. Yeah, like a fox-sized animal. That's something I'm probably going to look at as soon as we're done here. Um, so yeah, um, the visuals in this game are definitely incredible. It definitely brings like the imagination that you had as a five-year-old to life. Um, they, they did a fantastic yeah. job on that. It looks great whether you're playing on the, on the console or on the TV. Absolutely. Just major props to Switch for that. This game was the reason that I bought a Switch. Um, but as good as the visuals were, it still bothers me that they have the sounds of the Pokemon for Pikachu and Eevee, but they still have the weird sounds for everything else. Yeah, that that is a little bothersome. I just kind of wish they didn't make Eevee and Pikachu so special. Like, obviously, they're the version, you know, they're on the face of the game. But, like, just let Pikachu and Eevee have a normal cry like everyone else. They don't need to be the only two that talk. Yeah. And it's not like you, like, they only have, like, two sounds for everything else, too. Because I've been carrying them in the Pokeball. So, it's like, even for something as simple as Psyduck, for him to have, like something a little more explosive for when he gets hit and then just a simple one just you know how he typically sounds like i don't see why that would be a big issue maybe if the like their generation eight is like really big and they just kind of want to um kind of like dumb that down so that it they can leave space for other things it's the only reason i can see that that would justify it but overall it's just kind of like we know these Pokemon make different sounds because we've seen the TV shows. So, um, right. why can't we have that if we're only sticking with the 150 Pokemon? 151. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, from what I can tell, I think I've been using the Pokeball Plus a little more than you, but how do you like it? Is it worth I getting? Like the po- yeah, no, it worked. Perfect. Um, I do enjoy it a lot. I usually use it when I'm actually playing the game on my home console versus like when I'm out. Um, cause sometimes I just forget to, to put a Pokemon in it. Um, but I should probably just do what you do and maybe leave one in there for a few days because I usually like put it in there for a couple hours and then come home and then bring it back. And I get excited if it found a berry let alone, like, if it would level up 15 levels, that'd be amazing. Oh, no, mine comes home with, like, a list of berries. Really? Yeah. Like, the amount of candies and berries that I pick up, like, I have to scroll down to see them all. Oh, my gosh. I, see, I need to do that. Yeah, these Pokemon are very active. Like I said, like, I'm, I'm on my feet at work all the time, too, so 
he def that pedometer is definitely kicking a lot for that. Um, but so far, I've I think it was it was worth the money, especially if you're especially if you're a big fan of Pokemon. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm definitely happy I have it. I think I just need to utilize it better. Yeah, it was just really funny starting off the game and then having an Eevee and a Mew right off the bat. <laughs> like, that's what you're going to start with. Like, good luck, Rattatan, Pidgey. Um, like, what makes me want to catch them when I have a Mew on me? Uh, <laughs> but he oh, does yeah. start at level 1. The only attack that he knows is Pound. The only attack he ever learns is Swift, and then everything else, everything else has to be taught through TMs. Um, so I think I got to the point, like, after the first gym, I just kind of put Mew away, because I wanted to, I wanted to work with the other Pokemon, and I'll, I mean, he's cool to have, but I'll probably get back to him later on in the game, um, yeah. when I'm training and whatnot, but I actively use that Pokemon Plus, uh, I love playing the game with it, it makes the catching a lot more fun, uh, when my cousin was visiting, it was a lot of fun, um, you know, me having the Joy-Con, him using the Pokeball, and us just yelling at each other to, like, throw it at the same time. Thankfully, it never slipped out of his hands, otherwise I would have been very mad at him. Uh-huh. Uh, so I definitely yeah. actively play it. I actively keep a Pokemon in there and keep it on my keep it on my keys while I'm at work. Uh, and it is kind of funny because either people won't know what it is and they'll just think it's a big keychain. Or a Pokemon fan will be like, oh my god, like, what is that? And then it makes, like, my clients a lot easier because we're just talking about Pokemon instead of work the whole time. For real. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So, difficult to see, like, how many other nerdy people are around for something like that. And I would much rather talk about that than real estate because I can only handle so much of that. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. I keep it in there for, like, a couple days at a time. Mostly because, like... When I get home, like, I just want to get to the game because I have, I'm just, like, so busy even when I'm not physically at work that when I have game time, like, I want to knock it as much as I can. So sometimes I just forget to bring the Pokemon back into it. But like I said before, like, my primary focus of that was, like, the Pokemon that I don't intend on having in my party. Um, I don't want to waste a space for experience share when I'm trying to train other ones. So the ones that I just need to evolve, I just kind of keep in that. I think the first thing that I tried was Caterpie. Uh, he was a level three. Uh, we went out to the mall on Black Friday, walking around, walking around, walking around, came back, and he went up to like level 12, I want to say. Oh, wow. 12 or 13. So just from taking him to the mall and coming back, like I had a Butterfree at that point. Uh, so that metamorphosis definitely went by very quick. Um, so stuff like that, like being able to control the game, being able to take the Pokemon with you, um, if you're nerdy enough to show it off like that, and then uh, getting a Mew right off the bat, I thought it was worth the extra money. I want to say it was, what, 30 bucks? Yeah, 30 40 something like that. Yeah, so if you're a big enough fan, definitely think it's worth it. Uh, really fun to play around with, and hopefully you'll play around yeah. with it a little more. Um, we already talked about battling online. That was fun. Because uh, I think we called each other like in the middle of the battle just so we could like talk crap uh, while it was going <laughs> yeah. on. Uh, definitely need to do that again. That was fun. I need to find t- time next week to do that. Uh, so yeah, the no, online I'm, was I'm fun. I need to start doing some double battles. I need more of my friends to like get these games so that we can get into it. Um, oh, man. Yeah. I haven't double battled, I feel like, since Gen 3. 
So, one of the big things, um, we should be wrapping this up pretty soon. One of the big things was um, talking about, there was a lot of, this game was very split up when it was announced on the like the fans of people who were just enjoying the classic games and the direction that they were going with that and the people who um were open to this change have you had any conversations with anybody regarding like oh i wasn't going to get the game because i don't know if this is going to be good if i like have you like convinced anybody that was really against the game changes that it was actually worth looking into so i haven't successfully convinced anybody to get it um, my, I do have a coworker. Um, I, I tried, I've been trying to get him to get the game because he's hardcore. Like, no, I miss like, I miss the whole like held items and abilities and fighting wild Pokemon. And I'm like, it's really like the games haven't changed that much. I mean, except ground moves affect coughing because he doesn't left a date now. But other than that, nothing's really changed like in the long run um so he he did come over and not he didn't come over i brought mine to him but he did play it and um he he did admit he had fun but he i don't think he's gonna buy it so which made me sad so it was fun but it wasn't 60 dollars fun i guess yeah. yeah i was like well then i'll just buy it for you it's awesome so <laughs> yeah i had the same case with people who were just like they they weren't convinced enough to actually go out and buy it. And also because Smash Brothers was so close, like everyone's attention was more towards that. I personally think that if you're a Pokemon, uh, Pokemon fan and you have a Switch, oh. it's worth getting. Um, I'm just the type that I don't like rushing through games. I like savoring as much as possible, which is why Christian is already an Arcanine Master and I still only have three gym badges. Um, definitely more capable of rushing through it, but you know, it's just out of preference. You can make this game last if you wanted to. If you if you just rush through games, that's on you. Don't really know what else to say on that. Uh, but it is yeah, worth getting. Yeah. The catching mechanisms are fun. It's something that you can play with friends. Have somebody come over, grab the extra Joy-Con, walk around and catch Pokemon together. It kind of changes the dynamics of it because you have to look and kind of strategize with these rare Pokemon, these combos in a different perspective. Especially if your friend is running into like these lamer wild ones when you're trying to get a catch combo with something a little more precious uh so the team dynamic of that uh definitely adds a a fun spin to the game yeah i agree 100 percent. all right so last point that i want to get uh your perspective on is from my understanding and from various news sources there is another game that is supposed to be coming out late 2019 and this was supposed to be like an introduction to this new gaming style and the new direction that the Pokemon games are heading in. What do you think is going to be coming out of this Generation 8 2019 game? So, I I definitely think that um, it's, it's going to be similar to X and Y, or not X and Y, sorry, uh, Sun and Moon. You're going to have a full-bodied um, trainer that you could hopefully customize because customizing since Gen 6 and Gen 7 has been super popular. And although the Pokemon for those generations I wasn't a fan of, the whole customizing your trainer to actually make it look like you made me very happy. So I think they'll bring that back. 
but on a home console, which will look amazing. Yeah. And I'm assuming Pokemon are still going to follow you because if you look up YouTube, uh, if you look at a, on YouTube, you can find all 809 Pokemon. You can find all their sprites doing a walking and running motion. And, like, people don't know why that's been released. and Or maybe someone just has no life and did it, but I <laughs> doubt it. I think it was somehow found. So, like, why would they be animating all 809 Pokemon to walk and run if that wasn't going to be brought back in to Gen 8, which I think it will be because everybody loves that. Um, I hope gym battles stay the same. But if they could somehow incorporate gym battles into, like, the trials that they brought in Gen 7, where you kind of, like, had to work for the badge and fight a trainer, instead of just, like, you walk in, you say, I'm going to fight you, and then you fight and get a badge. Um, I don't know. Gen 7 at least showed us there was a more fun and whimsical way of getting badges instead of just straight up fighting to the death. Um, but I, I just think it's definitely going to be a lot more open world. Um for sure. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's yeah. what I'm assuming. One of my favorite things, I want to say it was for Diamond and Pearl, was post-game after you beat um, the Elite Four, was that the gym trainers, uh, yeah, the gym leaders actually contacted you, and they were like, hey, congratulations, you know I've gotten a lot stronger since the last time that we faced off, you should come back to the gym and see me. And you would go back to the gyms, and, like, for example, say Brock was this gym leader that contacted you afterwards, and he was a level 20 Onyx, he would probably have, like, a level 60 Steelix instead. And there was a I couple of trainers that, that did that. that. And uh, Pokemon Silver and Gold did the same thing, where trainers would be like, hey, we, ha-, you know, they had the Pokegear. Isn't that what it was called? Uh, yeah. Like the pager uh, cell phone at the time? Yeah. Uh, so then he, the, the trainers would just be like, hey, I've gotten a lot stronger, meet me on route whatever, and we'll battle. So I'm hoping they do breathe something like that back into the post game. Um, with the amount of detail that's gone into this game, and I really, really, really want a Pokemon game where you can visit multiple regions. I want to have Kanto, Johto, and Hoenn within one game. Yeah, I don't really care about the rest as much. I'd still do it if it's part of a game. But if you can have like vast environments like Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey, I don't see why that's a stretch. Especially if you're still sacrificing Pokemon's um, the sounds that they make and whatnot. That would be a wonderful thing to be able to play on the screen. That would be so many gym battles. Um, even if it's a... I don't know how Switch does DLCs. But even if it's something like that, where you start off in Kanto, and then five months later, Johto comes out, five months later, Hoenn comes out, and you can just kind of, like, keep working through it and catching Pokemon within these regions and the battles within these regions and the Elite Four within those regions, you know, being the title or having the championship title for each of those regions, I don't think that's what this 2019 game will be, but I really, really hope that they do do that at some point. Yeah, no, I am all for that. I support that 100%. You need to have, like, the RuneScape of Pokemon at some point. That would be amazing. All right, well, are there any other um, points or comments that you want to make about uh, either of these two games or just Pokemon in general? Uh, 
Um, no, I think I tackled everything I wanted to talk about. Yep, I think I'm good on this for too. Um, so this is the first time that either of us are doing a podcast. Um, hopefully we'll have Christian back for various topics in the near future. Uh, definitely going to be covering a lot of stuff uh, related to uh, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, um, other anime that be coming up, movie trailers, things of that sort. So super excited to be doing this. So y'all's reviews and feedback would mean the world to me. Uh, Christian, thank you for your time. Appreciate you being on the show. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. And the rest of you will be hearing from me soon. Thanks and have a good day.